1: Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio and I love all things tech. And here in the United States, it is Thanksgiving, which means we here at Tech Stuff are currently on holiday. Uh, I don't know about Tari, but my guess is by the time you're listening to this, I am stuffing my face with festive foods. And uh, because I don't want to leave you without an episode, I thought we would rerun an episode from a couple of years ago. I think this is going to be an annual tradition about the history of Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday. Because here in the U.S., the day after Thanksgiving is typically called Black Friday. That is a day when stores are offering tons of different sales in order to attract people to come in and buy tons of stuff. It's timed so that, you know, it's it's right at the beginning of the holiday shopping season. So people are trying to get their gifts all in order for their loved ones. But Cyber Monday grew out a few, well, many years later down the road. And this episode goes into its history. So I hope you enjoy this episode about Cyber Monday. And, uh, you know, keep a lookout for deals because they do pop up around this time of year. And I'll be back to talk with you again in a little bit. Today, I thought I'd change things up a bit and talk about the history and evolution of Cyber Monday. So where did this come from? And... Are the deals on Cyber Monday really great? And I guess the answer to that second question is essentially, uh, it depends. But first, let's talk about some history. So, before there was Cyber Monday, there was Black Friday. Both in the sense that Black Friday as a thing is older than Cyber Monday, and also, Cyber Monday is the Monday that follows Black Friday. So te- te- technically, it's true in two different senses. <laughs> All right, so what is Black Friday? Well, in the United States, Black Friday is the Friday following Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving in the United States falls on the fourth Thursday of November. At least it has ever since 1939 when Franklin Delano Roosevelt moved the holiday up a week from the final Thursday of November. Now, since November 2018 started on a Thursday, November 1st was a Thursday, that means that 2018 will see Thanksgiving fall as early as it can, which means November 22nd. The latest it can fall in the month is November 28th. Anyway, Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving in the United States. Now, there is an apocryphal story that says the origins of Black Friday are deeply racist and tied to the United States' history with slavery. According to that story, slave traders would sell slaves at a discount on the day after Thanksgiving to help plantation owners who are going to want to purchase more slaves to do work leading up to the winter. That's a horrible, horrible thing, but the story isn't true at all. And honestly, I find it hard to believe that slave traders would respond to an increase in demand by lowering their prices. They already seem like terrible, terrible human beings. I don't think of them as being particularly altruistic. However, we can put that whole explanation aside anyway. If anyone tells you Black Friday is based in slavery, that is not true. The term Black Friday in relation to the day after Thanksgiving did not appear in print until the 1950s, as far as we can determine. There was, however, an earlier version of Black Friday, though, that was not the day after Thanksgiving. That Black Friday wasn't associated with a holiday at all, but rather with a stock market crash that happened on Friday, September 24th, 1869. The cause of that crash was that there were two speculators named Jay Gould and James Fisk. And together, they were able to drive up gold prices way, way up while they were trying to corner the market on gold on the New York Gold Exchange. They had even planted a story to convince U.S. President Ulysses S. Grant to stop gold sales. They had this report that it was going to hurt farmers out west. Meanwhile, they bought up as much gold as they could, and that raised gold prices as a result. So they thought they were going to be rich. they were going to buy up the gold, and then they could sell it off at these uh, elevated prices. However, President Grant found out about it, and he ordered the release of millions of dollars of gold to be made available on the market, and that caused prices to crash. Suddenly, there was way more supply. And this crash ended up affecting the stock market as well. However, this was a moment of acute pain. It was a a sharp dip in the stock market, thus the name Black Friday, but in the long term meant that the nation was actually able to avoid a more persistent depression. So it ended up turning out better than it otherwise would have. The earliest known reference to the day after Thanksgiving being Black Friday Dates to 1951 from a periodical titled Factory Management and Maintenance. Bet it was a real page turner. But in that article, the author was describing this tendency for workers to call in sick the day after Thanksgiving. And really, they were just trying to make a long weekend out of the holiday. Because at that time, it was not commonplace for most businesses to close down on both Thursday, the day of Thanksgiving, and Friday. So this piece was sort of sardonically comparing the malaise being felt by workers across the nation to the bubonic plague, also known as the Black Death. Everyone would just mysteriously be sick that Friday and not show up to work. It would take another decade before we would see the name Black Friday associated with shopping for the day after Thanksgiving this would come out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The local police force there would refer to that Friday and that Saturday following Thanksgiving as both Black Friday and Black Saturday. This was because those two days had become the busiest shopping days of the year. Thanksgiving leads into the holiday season. And in post-World War II America, the holiday season was as beginning to be associated, and has been since, with lots of material gifts. Consumerism was on the rise. A lot of people had a lot more discretionary income and a desire to spend it. So the police referred to Friday and Saturday as Black Friday and Black Saturday because of the headaches that came along with all that busy shopping, mostly in the form of stuff like, traffic problems and shoplifting, plus the fact that this rise in activity meant it was virtually impossible to get the day off if you were a Philadelphia cop, and you would probably have to put in an extra long shift to boot. So they didn't really like it. Now, in the 1980s, a new version of the history of Black Friday popped up, and this version claimed that the name Black Friday stemmed from the fact that It was on that day that many merchants would finally see their annual figures show a profit. The idea was that the enormous amount of business on that Friday would take businesses from operating at a loss, or operating in the red, in other words, and push them toward profitability, or operating in the black, thus Black Friday, Now, that refers to the practice of denoting losses or negative numbers in a ledger using red ink and positive numbers using black ink. And while that's a cute story, it's not, you know, real. In fact, a lot of stores see more sales on the Saturday before Christmas because lots of Americans are procrastinators. But this fictional history of the origin of Black Friday took hold in the American psyche. And to go along with it, stores began holding big sales to bring more and more shoppers into their stores. And this strategy worked. And every year we would see more efforts to make it even bigger with stuff like doorbuster offers. So-called because those sales offer seemingly huge discounts right at opening hours and are typically those those figures, those, those amounts, those discounts are only available for a very short time, or the inventory for those products is so small that the store will no doubt sell out within minutes of opening, or both in many cases. So often, these sales are tied to an effort to move older merchandise out of stores to make way for newer products. So stuff like electronics, particularly big ticket items like televisions or, or small appliances, tend to take up some space, and manufacturers want to come out with new models every year. And according to uh, Adam Burakowski of Wirecutter, large appliances are kind of a, a, an exception. You rarely see big, significant markdowns on large appliances. But small appliances and televisions, which can get pretty darn big these days, they can get marked off quite a bit, and mostly in order to make room for new models. Black Friday opened up a chance for stores to offload older stuff, perhaps at a discount after sales had slowed down considerably. So by the 1980s, Black Friday was established as the formal beginning of the holiday shopping season. And while some online service providers, like CompuServe, would introduce online shopping in the 1980s, it was a far distant second to shopping in physical stores. It barely registered. It really wasn't until the mid-1990s when Netscape 1.0 incorporated the secure socket layer protocol, the SSL protocol. That's when online transactions could be considered truly secure for the first time. That led to the possibility of turning the internet, and specifically the web, into a commerce destination. Sites like Amazon and eBay helped usher in a new era of commerce, making it practical and then desirable to shop online. While those two sites saw a lot of success, the early days of e-commerce also saw a lot of businesses rush into that space without really forming a strategy around it. After the dust would settle in the wake of the dot-com bubble implosion in the early 2000s, companies began to take a more measured approach and e-commerce started to come into its own. In 2005, a marketing team led by Ellen Davis at a company called Shop.org introduced the concept of Cyber Monday. This would be e-commerce's response to Black Friday. The sales pitch wrote itself, Why would you leave your comfortable home? and brave potentially bad weather and guaranteed terrible traffic to fight your way into a store only to find out that the thing you wanted to buy has already sold out? Why risk getting hurt or worse as single-minded consumers shove and elbow and kick their way to get the last Tickle Me Elmo doll or whatever must-have item happened to be on sale that year? Why not instead sit at home and order your holiday gifts online and have them either delivered to you or even to the people you plan to give gifts to. You take out the whole step of having to take the gifts to the people. Cyber Monday was born. I'll explain more in just a moment. But first, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Now, the concept of Cyber Monday didn't just arrive out of the blue. For a few years leading up to 2005, analysts had seen a boost in online sales on the Monday following Black Friday. They had seen this trend happening So maybe some people were late to the game, and they weren't able to land a deal on Black Friday. Maybe some of them weren't able to get hold of that must-have item in a physical store, so now they were looking online. But whatever the reason, by 2005, Cyber Monday was one of the busier online shopping days of the year. But not the busiest. In fact, not even in the top ten By 2005, it was more like the 12th most popular shopping day online at that point. But the Cyber Monday marketing idea would change that. So the media hears about this idea in 2005, and they jump all over this concept of Cyber Monday. And this is no surprise. News about sales tends to get a lot of attention, whether it's in print, audio, or television spots. You've probably seen countless articles and videos that list the biggest Black Friday or Cyber Monday deals. There's a whole industry around this. There are groups that start putting out information about it before November even starts to talk about the big Black Friday or Cyber Monday deals that are coming down the line. So media outlets were highly motivated to take this new concept and to run with it. Online retailers would get on board too because the media coverage amounted to free publicity and they started to see their sales increase. So 2005 was a good start. Analysts estimated that online retailers saw about $484 million in sales collectively on that Monday, that year. But the retailers would prepare themselves to really push for it in a big way in the years to follow. By creating promotions and sales tied to this concept of Cyber Monday, they could actually increase sales dramatically over a typical shopping day online. In 2006, CNN ran a story that pointed out that certain sought-after items were being really scarce in brick-and-mortar stores, but were available online. The article had the title, "For e It's Cyber Monday. And it had a sub-headline that said traffic tracking services showed a 50% increase in internet traffic at various online commerce sites on that Monday. The sought-after items included stuff like the PlayStation 3 gaming console from Sony, Nintendo's Wii gaming console, and the aforementioned Elmo. Though this one was the Tickle Me Elmo TMX. And by the way, Just as a side note, I actually watched a video of that Elmo toy for this podcast because I'm nothing if not thorough in my research. And I didn't remember this toy. That's why I was like, what is the Tickle Me Elmo TMX? How is that different from the Tickle Me Elmo, which was a doll that would laugh and vibrate like crazy whenever you activated it. So in the video, I saw Elmo as a toy that could stand up, is actually standing and you would activate it by pressing certain points on the doll, and it would start to laugh. And it moves its arms, and eventually it it bends over like it's laughing so hard it can't stand up straight, it falls over onto the ground, and then ultimately, at the end of this, it stands itself back up. The best part about this story is, while I was watching this, my coworker, Noel Brown, who's one of the hosts of Ridiculous History, walked up behind me, and he asked me, what the heck was I watching? Although he didn't use those words, he... He was a bit more coarse in his language. But uh, upon explaining it, he shook his head and walked away. That's the typical response I get here at the office. In 2007, online sales were up to $730 million. Then, in December 2007, the United States entered what was later called the Great Recession— This was when the real estate market collapsed, which in turn made mortgage-backed securities issued by banks to fall in value dramatically, and that in turn threatened the solvency of various financial institutions like those banks. That led to the government bailouts of banks, and businesses began laying off workers and eliminating jobs. It doubled the unemployment rate in the United States until it hit 10%. Now, the reason I mention all of that is because Despite this economic downturn, online retailers would see a year-over-year increase in sales from 2007 to 2008. 2007, $730 million. 2008, $846 million, despite the economic downturn. Now, one possible reason for the higher number is that people weren't just looking for a good deal in 2008. They needed good deals. People still wanted to buy presents for friends and family, but money was tight. So sales were more important than ever, and online seemed to give the biggest uh, access to those sales. The holiday season in 2008 also saw a rising battle between traditional retailer Walmart and online giant Amazon. Amazon would take the number one spot according to Traffic Tracking Services, with an increase of 21% more traffic year over year. Walmart, by comparison, only saw a 6% increase. More importantly for Amazon, it became the most popular online destination for commerce on Cyber Monday. In 2009, Comscore, which is a data analysis firm, published a report that said 41.6% of all online shoppers were logging in from home. But 52.9% were logging in from work. So maybe that don't-want-to-go-to-work-itis bubonic plague that prompted that initial article that gave us the term Black Friday for the day after Thanksgiving, maybe that now extends to everyone on the following Monday. They might be at work, but instead of actually working, they could be scouring the internet for the best deals and lowest prices. Same as it ever was, I guess. Walmart would strike back against Amazon in 2009 when it it announced Cyber Week and set the course for things as they are now. This extended the sales that Walmart was showing off for a full week following Thanksgiving. That would prompt other retailers to follow suit in 2010. And 2010 would also be when Cyber Monday would become the busiest online shopping day of the year, and it's been that way ever since. 2010 was also the first year that Cyber Monday sales would top $1 billion. But just to put things into perspective, that same year saw shoppers visit real-world stores to the tune of $10.7 billion in sales. So Cyber Monday was a big success, but it was still trailing far behind Black Friday and traditional stores. The next year, in 2011, CNBC rather predictably reported that Black Friday and Cyber Monday had effectively glommed together to create this mutated beast of a long shopping weekend. And we were starting to see sales extend further out in both directions from Black Friday— While this also had the effect of cannibalizing some of the sales on Friday and Monday themselves, ultimately, I'm pretty sure merchants don't really care when they're selling stuff. They just care if they are selling it and how much they're able to sell. In 2012, we would see another shift in consumer behavior, one that would shape the way retailers would target customers. More shoppers, nearly 20% of them, began to use smartphones to look at cyber deals. This was a 12% increase from the previous year and also an indication that mobile browsing was the future. And this, by the way, was something the entire online content world was starting to realize right around this point. Anyone who worked in that world such as yours truly, was starting to think about ways to optimize content for the mobile experience. It was clear that companies that could make their online experience a positive one, no matter what sort of device someone might use to access it, would be well ahead of the game. That included e-commerce sites, which began to invest more money in creating user interfaces for their stores specifically for smartphones. In all, consumers spent $1.465 billion in online shopping on Cyber Monday in 2012. Electronics, computer hardware, and video games all experienced huge jumps in sales gains year over year. But the top performing category, according to Comscore, was in digital content and subscriptions. Also, by 2012, there was a pretty much even split between people buying stuff while surfing the web from home and those who were still on the clock at work. In 2013, fashion websites began to finally get in on this Cyber Monday game. Clothing retailers like Old Navy started to launch their own Cyber Monday deals taking advantage of the same shopping frenzy as other retailers. And this actually reminds us that one of the values of these days, both Black Friday and of Cyber Monday, to retailers in large part is due to the fact that we as consumers have been conditioned to shop on those days. So many people are already in a mindset to go out there and get ready to buy stuff. And by leveraging that the retail side, and pairing a good deal or two to take advantage of it wherever you can just makes really good business sense. In 2015, Target announced it was offering up a 15% discount across all of Target.com for Cyber Monday showing that the big retail businesses were really playing serious at this point. And in 2016, things would really go crazy as the concept of Cyber Week took hold for more retailers. I'll explain more in just a moment, but first let's take another quick break to thank our sponsor. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. So in 2016, according to Comscore, retailers saw $11 billion in sales during Cyber Week. Now, that started on Monday, November 28th, and it ended on December 4th. Cyber Monday itself accounted for nearly $2.7 billion in sales all alone. Not only that, but starting on Thanksgiving Day, e-commerce sites collectively saw more than $1 billion of sales every day for 11 days straight. It drove the holiday season sales, which Comscore defined as starting on November 1st and ending on December 4th, to achieve nearly $38 billion in sales. That's a ton of money. Also in 2016, 122 million people in the United States did some online shopping on Cyber Monday. But on Black Friday, only 116 million Americans did any shopping. And that includes 67.9 million people who were doing online shopping. So in 2016, Cyber Monday pulled ahead of Black Friday as the busiest shopping day in the United States, and all without having to line up in front of a store at three in the morning. In 2017, ComScore reported that consumers spent $3.36 billion on Cyber Monday from desktop computers. So just from desktops. According to The Verge, purchases made from mobile devices accounted for another $2 billion in sales. And according to multiple sources, although this doesn't really match up with the ComScore numbers... The collective Cyber Monday sales efforts in 2017 amounted to $6.59 billion in sales. Now, if you look at the sales figures from Thanksgiving through Cyber Monday, online sales amounted to $19.62 billion. Truly an enormous sum of money. Now, according to a survey from National Retail Federation, as well as a company called Prosper Insights and Analytics that partnered to make this survey, 58 million Americans chose to do their holiday shopping online only. 51 million chose to shop only at physical stores. And more than 64 million Americans did some combination of the two. So while online shopping has definitely pulled ahead of going to actual brick-and-mortar stores, there's still a place for those physical shops. They are not obsolete. People are still shopping there in droves. Just they're doing it more online. The Wall Street Journal reported that brick-and-mortar stores did see a decrease of about 4% in the number of people visiting those stores in 2017 compared to the same time in 2016. So we are seeing fewer people going to these stores. It's not quite to the point where I would want to try and go out on Black Friday. I think there's still way too many people out there, but we're getting there. Now, there is a growing concern that by extending these deals out from Black Friday and Cyber Monday, the whole Cyber Week thing and the Black Friday sales that start two weeks before Thanksgiving, that these sales are going to lose their luster. And again, part of what drives so much sales activity are the limitations around the sales dates. If you make items available only for a limited time at a lower price, it drives up consumer interest and it encourages shopping. You just introduced that idea in a customer's head that the thing they kinda sorta wanted is only going to be at a discounted price for a short while. And then you're more likely to move them to actually buy that thing. But if you extend the sale out, you make it less special. You dilute that effect to some extent. And the danger is that ultimately you'll start to see sales slow down or worse yet, decline as a result because people don't feel compelled to go out and buy that thing because it's been marked down. As for what is driving the popularity of online shopping, a lot of it is opportunity. More people have access to getting online than ever before. And for many people, working at a computer is part of their job. So they can easily access these deals, whether they're at work or at home. For other people, a smartphone and a credit card is really all they need to get some shopping in. So even if employees are limiting their online shopping to just times when they're on break and they're not actually trying to snag a deal on the company dime, you would still expect to see growth in this field, just because we're seeing more penetration in computer access and internet access. The National Retail Federation predicts that in 2018, retailers will see an increase in sales between 4.3% and 4.8%. That's actually a step down from the increase in 2017. That was at 5.5% over the 2016 figures. But it still means that we're going to see more sales this year. And it would mean that the entire holiday season, not just Black Friday and Cyber Monday, but during the course of the holiday season, we will see sales between $717.5 billion and $720.9 billion, getting close to a trillion dollars in sales over the holiday season. That is crazy. So now let's get down to brass tacks. How do you find good deals? Well, like I mentioned earlier, deals are happening before and after Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So those days don't really matter as much in the grand scheme of things. By the time you are listening to this episode on the day that it publishes, deals are already going on. Amazon typically leads the charge, and I imagine part of this strategy is that they're trying to head off all the retailers at the past. They're trying to get ahead of them, get ahead of Black Friday. Because there's a limited amount of money out there, right? Shoppers are only going to spend so much this year. So Amazon wants to get ahead of all the other deals to get as much of those dollars as it possibly can. That's the deal with business, right? Online sales are actually best on Thanksgiving Day, typically, with an average discount of 24%. Categories of stuff that tends to have the biggest discounts on Thanksgiving Day include things like sporting goods, computers, video games, and clothing. So if you're shopping for any of those things, set aside some time on Turkey Day to pop online and check out some deals. But if you want to buy something like a television or a tablet, computer, or maybe a small appliance, your best bet for the biggest discount online is actually Black Friday, not Cyber Monday. But there's no need for you to jump in a car and head to the local mall. You just go online. Online sales tend to be best for those items on the old traditional shopping day. Cyber Monday is still great for a lot of different deals, but if you're really in the market for something new or you're looking to save the most money on gifts, Thanksgiving and Black Friday are when you should pop open the computer and hunt around a bit. It's also a great idea to do some research on the various items that are for sale. You might find that the discounted items are ones that are not really the best in their class. They might lack some interesting features. This happens a lot with televisions. You'll see a lot of TVs get marked way down. Then if you do a little research, you might find out, oh, well, that's because that television doesn't have a particularly high resolution or it's got a lot of limited features. And then you realize, well, yeah, I could buy a television for super cheap, but it's not necessarily a good TV. So you want to do that research. And just because something is being sold at a big discount doesn't always mean it's worth buying. Also, it's not a bad idea to look around to see what the price history was of certain items. Every now and then a retailer will mark up an item just before a big sale. And that way, when they put in the discount, the sale price is really not that different from the original price of the item. It could be that in October, you could have bought something for $500. And then going into November, it gets marked up to $600. But then the discount means that they're selling it for $475. So it looks like a bigger discount because the original price appears to have been $600 but if you go back just a little further, you see that the price was lower earlier. Just be careful. Sometimes that deal that's too good to be true is too good to be true. Online holiday sales tend to feature pretty good deals leading all the way up to Green Monday. Now, Green Monday is the second Monday in December, and it's just 10 shipping days out from Christmas Day, meaning if you wait any longer, you may not have enough time for your order to get to you, before the gift-giving festivities occur. In 2018, that day falls on December 10th. And the name Green Monday actually comes from the site eBay. eBay coined the term Green Monday in 2007. That was after they had noticed that this particular Monday had some of the highest sales of the year. In fact, it was the busiest online shopping day for quite some time. Cyber Monday would pass Green Monday in 2009 during the Great Recession, and then Cyber Monday would ultimately become the busiest online shopping day, and Green Monday would fall quite a bit. But uh, it's still a very popular online shopping day. In fact, now I think it's climbed back up to number two. It was down in its number five for a while, but I think it's back up to number two at this point. So until Green Monday, you're likely to see some pretty good deals online. And that is the history and evolution of Cyber Monday. Uh, again, it's some combination of marketing, some combination of psychology, uh, some combination of just trying to capitalize on already established consumer habits. It's good to know. All of these elements because it informs you before you start making decisions on what you're going to buy and who you're going to buy it from. Also, uh, Small Business Saturday is still a thing and I still really like it. I like supporting small local businesses when I can because you can get some really unique stuff. I know that that's redundant to say really unique, but you can get stuff that you can't find anywhere else from a lot of small businesses and you support people who are working really hard to keep those businesses going. It might mean paying a little more for the gift, but it also probably mean the gift means a little more. So it all evens out, right? I hope you enjoyed that episode about the history of Cyber Monday. And uh, if you are hunting for deals, I hope that you find them. Keep in mind, this year is, like last year, very challenging. Uh, There are still supply chain issues all around the world. So my recommendation is don't have your heart set on any specific product unless you just happen to know it's in stock somewhere that you can get it. Uh, And, you know, keep your keep your options open and keep be patient because there are a ton of people out there trying desperately to get things on track. But there are a lot of factors that are making it complicated for products to get to customers. And uh, as long as we keep that in mind and we keep in mind that the most important thing is to let the people we love know that we love them and that hopefully they appreciate that, I think we'll get through it. Uh, Also, I mean, if you can, it's always good to shop locally and support your local artists and crafts people and, you know, the folks who make stuff in your community. Uh, it, It has the biggest impact if you can do that. I realize not everyone is in a place where that's a possibility, but if that's an option, I highly recommend looking into it. Uh, I know that for me, getting something that's like from a local craftsperson has a lot more meaning than, say, a PlayStation 5. Um, but if you have an extra PlayStation 5, I'll take it because I can't find one of those anywhere. OK, so that wraps up this episode. If you have suggestions for topics I should cover in future episodes of Tech Stuff, please reach out to me. The best way to do that is on Twitter. The handle for the show is TechStuffHSW, HSW, and I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
1: I thought...